Sweet. Well, uh, here we are again, back after a wee break, and this time, a very lovely man. I think he's from the Wellington area. Uh, Dara, Dara Norman. How are you doing, bro? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, from uh, from down well, well, lived down in Wellington by way of uh, Ireland. Came over here about ten years ago. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell by your accent. I think the first time we ran into each <laughs> other, you very thick man, thick accent. Yeah, yeah, definitely get that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, just give us a rundown about yourself and, um, yeah, maybe like how you found New Zealand since you're from Ireland. Yeah, so um, I think it was 2007 around. I was uh, I was working for IBM and it was kind of like still in the good times, the Celtic Tiger Ireland. So we had, you know, we were earning probably more money than we should for like kids fresh out of college or uni, sorry. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe we should move to Australia because it's really easy to get a visa before you turn 30. So we went, me and, uh, it was meant to be four of us going, ended up being two of us. But we went over to Australia and we did a few cities. We did like Melbourne, uh, Sydney and Brisbane. And I was like, yeah, I had a good time. But I was like, I don't think I want to move to Australia. But then everybody who I stayed in touch with oh, that I met on that trip was a Kiwi. And I kind of said to them, oh, yeah, like they were saying, we're either going to move to uh, Ireland or Canada. I said, oh yeah, yeah, you should move to um, you should move to Ireland. I gave them my details. Like we were smashed drunk. This is like four o'clock in the morning. You know, you exchange details, and you actually forget you did it. So, about three months later, we're back in Ireland, and you get a phone call, and it's like, oh, hey, this is Justin, and we're like, who the fuck is Justin? Like, you just you know, you've completely forgotten it. And then he was like, oh, the night out we had in Melbourne, we got pissed, we got into the argument about uh, Brian O'Driscoll and Umaga, and I was like, oh yeah, Justin. So they ended up, uh, him and two other mates ended up living in Ireland for a year, maybe just over a year. And then we were like, oh, yeah, these Kiwis are good lads. Uh, I hadn't ever been to New Zealand, but I was like, I'll move over there. I was looking to move to somewhere just for a change. Like, it was really only meant to be for a year, but that's how life works out. But So we ended up, uh, we, we were going to move over in 2010, but then they said, oh, well, if you wait for 2011, you get the Rugby World Cup. So I came over just before the Rugby World Cup yeah. in 2011. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And Justin uh, now plays Street Fighter as well, like uh, married with two young kids, so he doesn't like go to tournaments and such, but like he's usually around to play online and stuff. Yeah. Man, that rugby, man, that New Zealand was booming back in 2011. I remember I loved being in the city just around the tourists. Did you oh, find much of a culture shock when you came over? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, I was, I'd been around a few Kiwis, so I kind of, kind of got it like, uh, w what they were like. And I actually found people to be, uh, like pretty similar. And then like, I found like real common ground with like different, I, I, I did a bit of kickboxing. I was kickboxing at the time and I used to go to like MTI on, I think it's, it's just off Courtney Place, but uh, like I was a lot heavier then, so I was always in the heavyweight division, and it was all these Polynesian guys, and like just found the cultures were quite similar. Like you always, you were we're, both, we're always messing and just similar kind of mindsets, so that was fine. Like most of my mates were like white guys that I met in Australia, but yeah, just everybody was just really nice. Um, like up for a laugh, they seemed to like the accents. Like, because I remember when the Kiwi boys were living in Ireland, like all the girls were just fawning over their accents. They were like, "Oh my God, it's it's much nicer than Australia accents." And <laughs> they were saying to me, "Oh, yeah, you should move to uh, to New Zealand. People will really like your accents." And I was like, "Really?" But yeah. So came over here and just like people were just so accommodating. Like, uh, like I think the first game we went to in the World Cup was Ireland um, America in um, New Plymouth. 
and like we, we went out we met some friends of friends and then one of them was like oh my mom has a big house in new plymouth she's going to use it as a guest house we're going to stay there for the weekend she's going to do a trial run to see what it's like as a guest house do you want to stay for free and we're like that would be amazing like these people we've literally met one day yeah. invite us up to their place and we stay and then we get there the family are just so like nice to us and delighted to have us and there's gangs of kiwis with us as well like they're friends and like some were dressed in america gear some were dressed in ireland gear and uh, oh like they just couldn't have been nicer to us like they and even the the people whose house it was uh bess's parents she, she was like um oh the takeaways aren't open late here in new plymouth so we'll put lasagna in the oven and we'll keep it warm so if you come home drunk and you want something to eat there'll be warm lasagna in the oven like they just could not be nice indeed hospitality at its finest uh, something yeah and like that's one thing i sound like like sometimes irish people say things and they're like oh yeah we should catch up but they don't mean it when a kiwi says something the kiwi means it like they're like yeah like they can tell you at four o'clock in the morning they'll move to ireland and they're probably gonna do it like yeah so yeah people really followed through and just like so like they're just more like really genuine people and um, friendlier as well like yeah it's just I'd say Irish are pretty friendly, but there's sometimes a little bit of falseness in there as well. Yeah. Well, didn't really get there. Would you, um, so like experiencing that kind of NZ hospitality, did you ever get it from the other side? Like when you were in Ireland, when you got tourists, how would Irish in your mind treat like tourists, like say if they were from New Zealand or Australia or from that part of the world? Well, like usually you'd meet them at the rugby and I always went to like the laws around, um, drinking in stadiums in ireland are a little bit more lax than they are in new zealand so if i was going to like an ireland new zealand game i'd make sure i'd bring a hip flask of irish whiskey like i had this hip flask with lots of little uh like metal shot glasses and they all clipped in at the bottom oh, yeah. so like i'd be in the stand and when i'd meet them and if i was sitting near a kiwi i'd be like oh I'll have whiskey with me i brought irish whiskey for you and they'd be like you can't just pour whiskey in the stadium and i was like no nah, it's it's a bit more chill here You're, you you can yeah. So like if no matter what like I've done that with French people, Kiwis, Aussies, Safas, and like yeah they're always pretty chilled like you know get a whiskey and it's a good way to get chat and go out for a pint afterwards and stuff because I mean they they'll want to know their way around town and yeah like I I had quite a few foreign friends I met a lot of different people and ended up visiting them like uh, like one of my best mates is from Bali like he came over to Ireland like on a cruise ship working in the like you know the kitchens or whatever and by the time like he met an irish girl moved to ireland like we, we hit it off over a game of football and then uh like next thing i know the guy has one restaurant he has five restaurants then he bought property in bali and had to go back and like this guy came across randomly in a game of football but like i had to go out to bali like every few years to catch up with him and his family like it just yeah I, you'd meet quite a lot of foreign people yeah and yeah i think there's generally a good good reception there's no real um like, you know the way, like, the English have, like, what's the party? Is it UKIP and they don't like foreigners coming in? I never really encountered that in Ireland. Like, in Ireland, we spend so much time fighting each other over the smallest things. Like, people are not racist, but they're parochial. Like, so a Dublin person won't like a Cork person, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, and then the other thing in Ireland is a mixed marriage isn't a black person and a white person. It's a Protestant and a Catholic. Like, the two people who have, like look exactly the same and have almost exactly the same religion like that's the divisive one Gee, all right. like, the, like it's not like like my sister went out with a guy and he was half malaysian half japanese and that was like just fine but like i know i remember my cousin like uh he was going out with a girl for years and like my granddad said to me he goes i can't believe you're bringing a bringing her home and he was like because it's a girl he was like no no because it's a protestant like he was only joking like he knew naomi yeah. but 
it's it's it, there's more of a stigma around Protestant Catholic than there is anything else. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely regard <clears throat> Irish as very proud people. And you you mentioned whiskey before, and I know with Irish, like, are you one of those people where it's like you know the only whiskey is Irish whiskey? Because I didn't know until recently <laughs> that Irish whiskey you can't call it Irish whiskey. It has to be like there are certain requirements. It has to be forty percent um, in that region where the barley's grown. Yeah. Um, a few, a few of, are, are you into your whiskeys, man? Yeah, yeah. I just had uh, three bottles arrive. Now, I did order Irish whiskey for the wedding. So I've got a bottle of Teeling's 18 and two bottles of Kilbegan 8-year-old. I have a Redbreast 12 and a Japanese Matsui Sakura cask in the, uh, in the what's it, cupboard? What do you call it? Cupboard here? I, I, I'd say larder. But, or or I'd, say, I'd say press. So there's different vocabulary around like a here i'd say in the press but it's probably covert or something here and we, have you been always a fan of um fighting games and such yeah yeah so like i mean i started off like uh going to the arcades when i was really young like i always liked playing any computer game like i had a little atari when i was really young so i'm like i'm nearly 40 now 39 so like I, I started off on the atari and then like the flash kids had the, the nintendo the nes and then like you go to the arcades though and those like the atari nintendo graphics versus what you had in the arcades was just like it was a massive step up so you always want to go to the arcades and like initially i used to play like the side scroll and beat em ups like uh final fight the simpsons was a big one the turtles one we didn't get the x-men one which other countries in the world seem to have but like those kind of side scroll and beat em ups were pretty like what i would have went to the arcade to play and then, like, I liked Pit Fighter because it was a fighting game. It was a terrible game, but the graphics were semi-realistic and you got to hit people. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then I think I would have been about 10. I was in Bray, which is just outside Wicklow. It's like a beach kind of town in Ireland. And uh, I was in the arcade with my cousin. Like, my parents were probably walking up and down the beach or something because it's a nice day, but we obviously don't want to be on the beach. We want to be playing the games. So we're inside in a dark arcade. And like I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna play Simpsons or Turtles or something, and then there was just this buzz around a machine, and I was like, what game are they playing? And it was Street Fighter Two, like the original World Warrior, wow. you know, the one where you could only pick the the eight characters, and like there must have it must have been three or four deep all around, and like going by two and three arcade machines either side because there was only one cabinet, and like I was looking at, it, I was like, what? Why is there six buttons? Like, what the hell is going on here? And like I didn't know what it was, but you knew you wanted to play it because it's all anybody wanted to play. Like it was like one small cabinet of a game that shouldn't have been as awesome as it was, and it just like took over the arcade. Like the buzz there was awesome, and then you'd be watching people, and like say you see a Ryu player and he does a fireball, you're like, oh, what was that? What was that? How did he do that? And like you were trying to get as much tech as you possibly could in the queue, and they were like, you make a quarter circle. Which with the joystick and you press one of the punch buttons and I was like okay so the first thing I need to do when I get up I'll pick this Ryu character and I'll figure out what punch is and then I'll just start mashing quarter circle and hopefully throw some fireballs and everyone will think I'm cool like so there was that kind of thing it was just like it was an absolute buzz when Street Fighter 2 came out and then there was like you know they, I, I didn't have a Super Nintendo I had a Mega Drive but my mate had a Super Nintendo and he got it with Street Fighter and I was like oh my god a, a game at this level in your house like this is like I was just blown away, and then the Mega Drive version came out, and you had to buy a new joypad because the Mega Drive version only had like three buttons, and if you wanted to change the kicks, you had to press the start button. Mm. But the Mega Drive one had the ten characters you could pick, like Claw, Boxer, Sagat, and Dictator. So that was that was kind of cool I mean, as well. So yeah, it was always just 
I, sorry, yeah, Dara, I give you credit because like back then you would have had to have bought every Street Fighter Two version just to keep up. Yeah, yeah, because I mean I'm not a Street Fighter man, but I know there's like how many versions of there were Street Fighter Two. Honestly, I don't know, and I, I actually go on YouTube and I just keep finding new ones, you know. And then there's like the hacked ones, like yeah, the Rainbow Hyper Edition fighting, and Super all Turbo, yeah. Ultra Turbo. I'm just like Jesus. You know, there's but, Champion Edition, Special Champion Edition. Yeah. Like, there's just so many different versions. There was a version, I think it was on the PS2 or PS3, where you could pick the characters from each different version and fight against each other. And that was that was quite cool. And I think, like, OG Sagat was just busted as all hell, like, <laughs> which is, happens a lot with Sagat. Yeah. Oh, that's where we, got, so the, that's where we got the Duty Takeda as well, didn't we? With um, Vega. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I've seen those clips of him just doing the wall dive. It's just nuts and, like... John Choi, like he's playing well, he's playing well, and then he eats one wall dive and he's just done. <laughs> I guess you could, com- I guess you could have a bit of comment, like fighting games back then. We liked the arcade scene; it was very gritty and kind of in your yeah. face to people, even though it wasn't really. You know, you just beat someone and then they'd hopefully disappear. Yeah. But now, with potentially online's being like the main thing, seeing how that change has happened, like from where you began till now um are there certain things elements that you wish had continued from the arcade days um i suppose like when i think about it i think of how new it was to me at the time but like i think we like i loved going to the arcades it was awesome and when i went to japan in 2019 i hit uh, arcades in akihabara and it was it was pretty cool and it was weird as well like uh when you beat somebody in the arcades and you see salt in the arcades that's a much better feeling than somebody rage quitting on you online. Yeah. Like I played a Ken, I played a Ken player. I think it was in Taito Station in Akihabara, and like I could just see this guy liked the DP when he was under pressure. So I just started baiting him, and then you know, big Laura crush counter, and like you're almost dead. And the guy just, I think I just took a step back. He let loose an EXDP, and he just walked away from the cabinet. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember stuff like this used to happen. <laughs> I also remember, like, when I was, like, really young, like, that I was beating a guy, and he was big. Like, say I'm 10 or 12, he's, like, 18, 19, and he's, like, kind of starting to put the shoulder into me, you know, just doing little things to intimidate me. Yeah. And, uh, say, like, saying stuff like that. So that's obviously something you don't miss, and you did hear stories about fights afterwards. And, like, I think he was was a guy, and he was, uh, like, yeah, he was kind of giving me the nudge and saying things to me. And then my dad was in the arcade, like, having a bit of a mosey around looking for me. And my dad's quite a big guy. And he just put his hand on the guy's shoulder and just said, just uh, watch yourself there, buddy. And uh, the guy was like, oh, shit. Like, because basically he's an 18, 19-year-old picking on a little kid like this. Yeah, yeah. My dad, Pete, would have probably not taken it too well at that time. But, yeah, so there was, there was a, like, a, there was, I say there was an innocence to it, but there was also that level of, like, it could turn nasty. Like, you're going to get people in, had a few drinks and stuff like that. And I do remember going to the arcades, and, you know, you go in certain areas, and people would almost come up and square up, and they'd say a few things, and they'd be, they might be looking for a fight. They might just want to have a, you know, just try and put you down, see where you're from, see if they can intimidate you. So there was that little bit of danger, but it was also quite fun. Yeah. For me, man, I remember, for me, it was those guys that wouldn't be on the setup they would wait for someone to go on the setup and if it was a guaranteed win then they'd jump yeah. off the maximum you know then they'd jump off the the d um the maximum tune game or um initial d and then you know you put in your credit start choose the character and then right away it's like you have a new challenge and it's like this this thing was just yeah. empty. who who showed up and then they're like ah oh, that was the ploy 
Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, when Street Fighter Alpha or Street Fighter, it might have been Street Fighter Zero, I can't remember what it was called, but it was the first Alpha one in the arcades. And I went up to play and I won first game. I picked Ryu and I played him like it was Street Fighter 2. And uh, this guy comes up and he wants to play me. Now, he was clearly sandbagging me the first round, mm. but like he, he kind of let me win a round. And then he started doing, like, you know, using all the different uh, mechanics in the game, like the the super move and stuff like that. And, like, he hit me with the double Dragon Punch Ken. And, it, like, I wasn't even upset. Like, I knew I'd been charged, but I was also like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, it was kind of like, I was just amazed. And, like, he, like, I think he was doing it, you know, to look like the man. And then I was just so, like, I wasn't angry. I was, like, amazed by this play. And I was like, what did you do? And then he was like, uh, afterwards, he was like, oh, if you want to put in money, I'll show you how to do it if you let me win because I want to play the game against the computer. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a solid trade, 20p to learn how to do the, the super move. So the guy is like, okay, pick Ken. And I was like, but I want to pick Ryu. And he's like, just pick Ken. I'm like, okay, I'll pick Ken. He's like, the Dragon Pot Punch, the Dragon Punch Super looks cooler than the Fireball. I'm like, okay, I'll go along with this. Uh, and yeah, just doing it. Like when I he's like, you have to build your meter. Now you do the double, like two fireballs, but don't press punch after the first one. I'm like, okay, okay. And I do it, and it comes out, and I'm like, yes, that was worth twenty p. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice man. Well, you mentioned 2019, how you went to Japan. I've got a clip of you, same year, but this is Bam. Uh, oh no, wait, wrong one. Sorry, god damn it. Okay, we got to go back. Got to go back. I thought I had it planned. Um, it was your match with Itazan Zangief at BAM 19. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, me and uh, me and Reno were we queued up to play against him. Um, it was a big, massive queue to play him, and uh, I was like, awesome. I know, like I was probably like platinum level at this stage. I was like massively confident, while knowing almost nothing about the game. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he seemed a real nice guy. Like we had a chat to him while we were talking about like uh, using T Hawk in Street Fighter Four. I liked T Hawk, so when I came into Street Fighter Five, I was like, and no, I didn't take Street Fighter Four seriously. But uh, like, yeah, we were having a bit of a chat to him. Like he was a, like he was a pretty cool guy. He's really friendly. And this was just after. This was the year after he finished second in uh, the Capcom Pro Tour and Capcom Cup. I think he lost to. Uh, the Rashid player. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 So this was like you know he was ranked like basically two in the world but god my play so, so at this time of the game cycle strength wise zangief versus laura what was that like do you remember uh, it, it's never been good it's i'd say it's the closest it's ever been now but it's still in zangief's favor um he can kind of just nullify a lot of her pressure at uh, the spd nerf has kind of made things a little bit easier he has kind of better buttons he can kind of armor if she's to like forward hard punch elbow or light punch quarter circle elbow forward he can kind of flex and just do some pretty big harm so it used to be pretty much consistently her worst matchup for years but like not so much now it's like now you're probably more worried about the Falk, Nelson, uh, Sagat and even Ken has gone really bad this season could be that I don't know but yeah no this is been consistently a bad matchup for Laura. Like, uh, one of my, my mate Justin, the guy who I met who got me to move to New Zealand, he plays Zangief, and I honestly think he plays Zangief because it's the best counter pick for Laura. But now he's been playing Zangief for years, and even after the nerfs, like, he's not going to pick someone else. He hasn't got that much time. He's busy with work. He's two young kids. Yeah. Was this your first Australian offline? I know that you met, you were with Reno and a few other guys. Um, talking to so his son. I went, went the year before, so might have been 2019 i went 2018 so 
like uh, when I started playing online, when I, when I moved, I moved back. We went back to Ireland for a little while, and we kind of got into um, like oh, Street Fighter Five came out, and I was like, I'm going to give this game a go. And I like I did, I initially I had the character crisis. I couldn't find a, a right character for me, and I was trying Ryu, Kami, uh, Yurian, Nikali, and nothing was sticking. And then um, like I saw my missus playing, and she was picking Laura, and she was doing all these cool combos, and I was like, what the hell is this? So uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to pick this Laura character. And then within about a week of finding like Laura, I was like, this character is so cool. And then uh, I was like, I should, I should find, like, I should go online. So I played some games online, you know, I probably got up to bronze, thought it was God's gift to Street Fighter. And then uh, the Capcom Pro Tour was coming to Dublin. So I went to an offline in Ireland, got my ass handed to me, but like, I had a really good time. And I got to see Luffy and like Problem and people oh, like that wow, show, Mr. Cool. Crims. Mr. Crimson was there, and like you know, you're probably gonna go 0 and 2. Technically, I went 1 and 2 because Logan Sama got there late and I got a buy. Ooh, so, nice. <laughs> I mean, this is actually won a game. Some Rashid player, like, uh, yeah, he was like, he was taking it to school the first game, and she looked like so angry, and then she just went ham and like just put him into the mix. Like, she used to play Laura as well, she doesn't really play anymore, but she actually won a game at that. So, I didn't win a CPT game till 2018, she won it in 2016. So, yeah. Moved back over here anyway in 2016, started playing online again. And um, I met this, I was playing this guy and he kind of messaged me on the Facebook or on the PlayStation Messenger. And he was like, you don't really know this matchup. He was a guy player. And I was like, no. And he's like, do you have anything to voice chat on? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So we exchanged details and I must have stayed up for like four hours. And he was explaining to me what plus was, what minus was, what frame data was. I didn't know this. I just played by the feel yeah. of the game. And uh, so we played it for ages. And then he's like, I have this group chat. Like, it was like a Facebook messenger chat, four or five people in it. And he goes, we message each other. We have games. It's real cool. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. So we kind of jumped in that. And then we kept, you know, we'd add people to it. And it got up to about 10 people. And, like, we joined WP, but we didn't really have the best experience. We were too green. Like, we were too new. Um, then we decided, oh, we'll set up a, a Facebook page. And we'll just call it Street Fighter Australia now. It was set up by, like, an Aussie, a Kiwi living in Oz and an Irish guy living in New Zealand. But we're like, we'll call it Street Fighter Australia. It's for the whole region. We're like, yeah, yeah, cool. So it has about five, 600 members now. I don't do the admin side of it anymore. But like a lot of the guys there, as that page has grown, like the guys who were there at the start got to be really good friends. And then we were like, oh, it was about a year between us meeting and BAM uh, 2018. So I was like, we were like, as many of us who can get there should get there. So like we had people coming in from Sydney, Melbourne, like I, I flew in from here, uh, from Wellington. People came over from Perth, like, uh, like you know, Yazbas, the yeah. Dalson player. Like he was kind of in the group from the get go. He was like, yeah, this is quite pretty cool. Uh, it's like it's more about the fun than taking things seriously. And he would have been a pretty high level player. He still is. Like he's pretty awesome. I think he's a like grandmaster or ultimate grandmaster or something silly. Like it's like eighty thousand or a hundred thousand LP. But uh, so we all caught up, and then we just like. Yeah, we played the game. I ended up going one and two. Who did I lose to? I lost to a Kami player from Auckland. I think more a Tekken player and a Street Fighter player. Well, I wasn't that good. And then I lost to a Geef player. That was the guy Kyle. And I beat Paolo S. What's his name? Bow Special from Mountain Perth. So I went one and two. I won my CPT game and I was just chucked with it. We got on the piss. We played like, I you know, went to the after party. Everyone's just rocking yeah. consoles. Like, yeah. Uh, Travis Styles gave a few of us games and fucking watched us, but like it was very like it was pretty cool to see, you know, and everybody's jumping on and playing games and money matches and all this kind of thing. It was really good. Oh, that's good shit, man. Yeah, I went to BAM in 2019. Um, 
yeah, felt good going there with the New Zealand crew and, and you know, ripping them hard. Um, I'll, I'll bring it back a little bit with lockdown because you mentioned that you've, <clears throat> you know, you've got a partner, or should I say fiance, went yeah, to be yeah. married and that old topic of COVID, like ha- how's it been with you, man? Pretty rough planning that life-changing event? Yeah. Yeah, so we're basically now have to decide to do two weddings because there's no chance of any of the Irish people getting there. Like we booked the first wedding, we were going to get married in Vietnam, and we booked it like during the first COVID lockdown. And uh, I was like, my dad wasn't well at the time; he had a he had like a tumor on his brain, and it had wrapped itself around his optic nerve, so he was blind. So like it was a real worry. And then I was like, we need to have the wedding somewhere. So we like I was like a happy halfway point between. Ireland and New Zealand is Vietnam and we'd had a family holiday in Vietnam well like one of my mates got married and I invited all my aunties my cousins and like they all showed we had this awesome holiday so Vietnam was like a real positive place for my family so I was thinking like if my dad's not feeling the best at least he'd be in a place he's comfortable he knows Vietnam he has the vibe there he's not going to be feeling like too out of place he's going to know what's going on so we booked anyway that wedding in Vietnam for 2022 Paddy's Day. That's obviously gone now, so we have to push that back. But it seems to be free in the contract to reschedule, so I'll probably push that back a year. Oh, that's good. And then anyway, we found out that the Vietnamese wedding won't be legally uh, recognised in Ireland or New Zealand. So I was like, okay, we'll do a Kiwi wedding, and like we're doing one with like you know 10, 15 people. We have a batch up there just outside Rotorua. I think it's Lake Okarika or Okareka. I'm not mm-hmm. sure of the pronunciation. I'm probably butchering that. <laughs> But yeah, so <laughs> we have uh, we have that booked. Um, whiskey arrived today, um, so I've gone all Irish for the wedding. I figured it's traditional. I do drink Scotch, I do drink Japanese. I've even had some German whiskey. I've got family in Germany. Um, uh, so yeah, we've got the booze. We will sort the food out when we get up there. Just do kind of a barbecue dinner, keep it kind of informal, and then uh, yeah, we're stocked up. I think um, we bought mostly Parrot Dog because they're doing twelve packs of cans of craft beer which yep. means it's easier to tidy up. Like if you buy a load of bottles, you have to lug a load of bottles somewhere. You buy a load of decent cans. So you got like the Bitter Bitch, the APA, yep. the Lager. Just, yeah, so it's, I mean, we weren't sure what we were going to get, but when we saw these 12 packs by Parrot Dog, we are like, yeah, that'll do. Well, yeah, um, by them. I, I definitely know that most of those craft beer um, makers, they're going for cans, then bottles. It just makes it more economic. And I'm actually, I'm so glad you mentioned Parrot Dog because I got this picture here. And I know it's locked down. We all need our necessities. Mm-hmm. But man, this picture here, like that speaks volumes. And I'm not saying you're a drinker, but I'm just saying I totally get that. I see the parrot dog, I see the Chianti, the Piper, some sparkling wine. Like, how much? How much? How much was all that in in a, in a shopping run? I think it was five hundred bucks, maybe. It was give or take five hundred, and then another two fifty for the three bottles of whiskey. So we've got seven fifty spent. I'm not saying we won't spend more. We probably will, but I mean. It depends on if the Aucklanders I have invited to the wedding can get there or not. So we also got little labels made, uh, like wine bottle labels. So we peeled off um, the bottles, the wine labels off all the bottles and have like Dara and Amanda and the date on the oh, wine bottles. So that's why people are, don't know a lot about wine. Like we picked all like, you know, Sauve, Chardonnay, Merlot, whatever else. I can't even remember. But I was like, people can be very wanky about wine, like even more so than beer i can tolerate a beer snob but i know so little about wine that i was like so we just ripped the labels off we put on our darren amanda labels everyone's happy that we've made this effort and they'll say it's nice because it's a good day exactly. and they won't be able to say oh i hate that brand so yeah. we thought that was quite clever of us <laughs> besides the liquor have there been any other um have you have you been indulging in anything else or extra like in lockdown have you found 
like anything that you've kind of picked up or or stuff that you're doing in lockdown um there's definitely more alcohol involved like i wouldn't say we ever get drunk but like yeah you finish work and you almost crack a beer or pour a whiskey or make a coffee and put some baileys in it um i'm really not leaving the house at all like uh, level two locks me down i've like type two diabetes so like level two kind of locks me down so i really should go out while the sun is shining but i just don't i close the curtains i sit in the dark so that's not a positive at all um definitely playing more games like we got a ps5 in from um singapore before the resale prices went nuts so like we paid 800 bucks for it which i think was fine from singapore Sweet. we went splits on it so yeah we've been um i got a, i got amanda into like a, a jrpg i've been trying for 10 years to get her to play an rpg so uh Nino Cooney 2 was the one that she was like yeah this is a good game and we put like 90 something hours into it before yeah. we beat it like and now we've beat it and like it opens up so the game can do more so we'll probably have to do a little bit more on that so yeah we play we play a lot of games together uh, we did the um, you know that one it takes two where you have to work yes. together and cooperate yeah. that was unbelievable like I haven't played a cooperative that good in years like it seemed like the old days co-ops were big like I used to play Gunstar Heroes on the Mega Drive I don't know if anybody remembers that one I love Gunstar Heroes. I used to, and I could never find it anywhere to buy, so I used to have to rent it from the video shop. And then, like, I was like, "Could you sell it to me?" And they were like, "No, it makes a lot of money." And I was like, "Yeah, for me because I rent it every weekend because yeah. I want to play it." So it was just like a catch twenty two. Like, if I hadn't rented it so much, they wouldn't let me. They would have let me buy it, but I wanted to play it, so I had to rent it, which meant I could never own it. So it sucked. But it's, it always seems to get repackaged. It's been on PS three, PS four, PS five. There's a way to play it now on everything, which I'm really happy about. Is there, it's just a kind of classic. Is there, sorry, is there is there a game that you and your partner are like? What's the next game that you and your partner are looking forward to? Uh, so, at the moment, the that Kina game just dropped, uh, Bridge of Spirits. Mm, so yeah. uh, we've got that one, and we've kind of just started that. We're getting into that now. Um, kind of curious to see what this Hogwarts uh, game is like. Uh, I think it's probably not this year. It's probably next year. Well, yeah, I, I honestly don't know what type of game it is. Is it an RPG? Is it? No, I, I don't know what type of game it is really. But I'm curious just to see how it goes. Like we quite like Harry Potter. We went to the Harry Potter studio in Watford, uh, just outside of London. We went to um, uh, Universal Studios just outside of Osaka, and they have all that. Like everything's like Hogs Hogsmeade, and there's a Hogwarts at the top. And you go to Hogwarts, it's like a roller coaster. It's just like so. Yeah, Harry Potter is something like we we really enjoyed. And like if you're battling or we're hungover. Harry Potter marathon. You don't actually pay attention, but it's reassuring. So both really <laughs> curious about the game. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that you know a bit about your craft beer. Um, are you? Do, did you go to the beer festival in Wellington? I didn't realize that it's Beervana. Beervana's held in Wellington. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been going to Beervana since 2011. Like any any time I'm available to go, I do go. And also, I've went to all the beers at the basin except one my mate rescheduled his wedding to not be on beers at the basin day and then they yeah. rescheduled beers at the basin so his wedding was on beers at the basin day so we didn't go that year so yeah go to every um every beer van like when i came over here first craft beer was a pretty foreign concept to me i mean there was bars in our Ar in ireland in dublin the porterhouse chain and they sold beers from all over the world but it was more based on where the beer was from rather than the type of the beer so, so you did drink lots of different types of beer but I didn't really know the difference. You're like, oh, this Austrian yeah. beer is like really strong and it tastes like plums. What the hell is that about? I like it. It was like Sammy Claus beer, was like 14%. So they did have the variation, but it wasn't based on the style. And then like I came over here and, you know, I catch, went out, we were staying in the base hostel. It was me and my mate Sarah, 
Brady and she was like we, we traveled over another mate Kev was already here and we made Justin's obviously from here and they were like oh we'll go for some food and then we'll go to a bar we went to Malthouse you know Malthouse on Courtney Place the craft beer bar yeah yeah and then uh, we went in there and I'm like what what do you drink and they're like it's a big question like the all the taps change every week so I'm like oh okay and I go up to the bar anyway and I was like I don't know what a drink like I'm, i've literally got off a plane i've been traveling for 36 hours i had dinner and i came here and they're like do you want to try some they like give me the little glasses and i was like whoa hospitality this is quality and i'm tasting them and i'm like oh well that's a bit like guinness but not quite the same that's a bit meh and then uh, i'd never had a double ipa before and it was a uh, hop zombie was the one and i tasted it and i was like this just blew my mind i was like yes this is my drink like i thought i was going to be drinking hop song week in week out like i didn't understand how new zealand beer works how the taps change every week but i was like yes i found my beverage it's a great beverage and i had like six or seven uh <laughs> six or seven hop zombies and i went into the establishment that famous shady wellington nightclub and uh i was absolutely wasted but i couldn't figure out why i was so wasted after <laughs> six or seven beers <laughs> But yeah, yeah, they asked me to leave. So I think we we I went back to the hostel. I was lying on the bed and I was like, "How am I so pissed? I I could drink seven beers while I'm getting ready." And uh, I was, but I was, and I was like, "I know what to do. Genius move. T- take off my jumper. Take off my t-shirt. Different t-shirt. Hoodie. Zipped it up. Went back. Got straight back in. Wasted still. And then they realized that what I'd done. And then like after about one beer, they kicked me out again. Oh. And then I. My mate saw me get kicked out, and then they were like, let's just go to El Horno. They can never tell if you're too drunk. It's always rammed. So we went to El Horno, and we were probably there for, like, another four hours, even though I was so pissed that I got kicked out of a nightclub twice. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. So, like, El Horno. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you, go, you keep going, there. Yeah, I think, like, El Horno was just so wedged that it kind of straightened me out. Like, I don't think I got any more sober, but at least I was upright, because I was, like, just folded over, like, trying to stand up in the other place. I just, yeah, I just admire... I never had much credit for beer. And then when I look at craft beer, the way, like the various flavors, I've seen one that's like, that had like Vogel, that had like a sense of Vogel bread. I've seen yeah. one craft beer that's had a hundreds and thousands. And this one I've got a clip of, a maple pancake imperial pastry stout. That's, that's very elaborate. Yeah. I'm quite big on these pastry stouts and I actually have the, uh, the behemoth one in the fridge. They've been doing a breakfast one and it's a maple... They did a maple blueberry sour, then they did a maple blackberry sour, and the latest one is a maple blueberry and blackberry sour. So I had that in the fridge. So yeah, there's, I'm, I'm finding now, like when I came over here first, an IPA was a craft beer or a hazy, like when the hazies came out, they were craft beer. But now I'm like, if I'm going to be paid the money, I want something wacky, like, uh, like crazy. And the pastry, yeah, pastry imperial, something by Duncan's, you know, with the lactose and the, like it's an imperial sour ripple lactose infused. And you're like, yeah give me that i just like if i'm going to be paying the money for it like while i'm out i want something good mm. like i mean if i'm not sorry man like, well... no no you go you go yeah yeah like i mean if it's all just like ipas or something on tap i'm like i'll probably just go what the cheapest is because there's so many different ones and even the hazy's now i think like hazy is just a bit over like i think charging 10 12 bucks for a can of hazy is a bit like i mean it's, it's almost a standard now it's been around for four years or five years like pretty constantly can you really command those prices anymore yeah i mean you could almost be paying like i know this because of my job but you could be paying nearly like 17 18 dollars for a 500 can yeah of what you're saying and it's like that's nearly 20 bucks for a solo can i mean 
I mean, I am not opposed to lime brown. Everyone else hates it. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm going to buy a crap beer, it's the best crap beer in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, Some I, days you I just got need a lime brown you know? Yeah, yeah, just sit there, chill. You're not going to get pissed because it's 4%. You could watch like a rugby match or a UFC or football, whatever's on, like CPT event. Just sit there, bail a few of those, and it's sociable drinking. Like, I mean, if you sit there and drink a few cans of that Imperial pastry stout you're going to know about it if you drink one of those you're probably going to know about it because it's a massive amount of alcohol to hit your system at once because i would assume your wife loves wine but is she does she nah, like craft beer? She, no, she, not a craft uh, beer person i don't know she's she is a craft beer person oh. i've I, I i think she drinks she drinks uh rarely drinks wine like she would have a glass of chardonnay every now and again but yeah far more whiskey uh far more craft beer we've similar tastes in whiskey and beer like uh, we went to uh, Bruges I think it was 2015 and we got into the Lambic beers which led us to the sour beers because we were back in Ireland at the time and traveling around Europe and the US and uh, we ended up like going to Belgium and they were like Lambic it's really sour you'll have to get into it and then we were like yeah yeah so we got into it we thought it was awesome and then uh, when we moved back over here the Malt House started Sour Fest they do it around um, it's earlier mid-March every year now and that's kind of our go-to one because we both quite fond of sour beer now you do need a if you're going to be drinking sour beer all day bring a pack of quickies with you because it is tough going on the stomach like yeah yeah no i agree i think um <clears throat> i've only tried a few sour beers um i i technically can't drink them unless i've had a full like unless i've got a full stomach you know yeah 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 no they are harsh i can i can kind of get through a few i'm pretty used to it now but yeah most of what we buy is our doing drink some of the imperial some of the stouts I mean, like those, like I, I remember coming over here and paying fourteen dollars for a pint of bitter bitch in Fork and Brewer. Now you can get like you know twelve cans of it for thirty something bucks. It's like, it, it's not that long ago that bitter bitch was seen as this really fancy pants thing. Like, uh, and now you're just like buying twelve packs of it for your wedding. It's crazy, bro. I mean, my uncle would drink Lion Red and Spates, and this is probably going back to like mm. nineteen ninety eight. I never thought yeah. he would be a craft drink, craft beer drinker. He he's doing what I'm starting to do now is starting to explore, you know, the double IPAs and the the hazy pale ales. Yeah. Um, I I can understand why people stick with stuff like Corona and like mm. he Heineken and Steinlager. It's what they come to know. But I like I I like the um the creativity I suppose with beer. There's there's no holds barred. You know, you just you can put whatever you want yeah. in there. And the percentage is almost right. They almost get up to like a wine level. They don't hit double digits, but yeah. you, know, you can get a can that's I mean, like five percent or something. Yeah, what was the one that derelicts that new brewery down in uh, Christchurch? There's like some kind of monster, and it's an imperial pastry stout, but it's 12, 13. It's something crazy. Like uh, that's one of the stronger beers I've bought lately, but it's it's sold out. I had it at Beer Van. I was like, oh my god, this is blowing my mind. And then I had to go on a waiting list for them to open their online shop so they could sell me this beer. And sent me the email through, and I bought some, but it was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's sweet, bro. Um, I'll bring it now to CCC, uh, where you were there in mm -hmm. your lovely green shirt, and you participated. Um, it was the second offline major for for the year um yeah, how, yeah. How, how did you end up doing well how did you start off your weekend um i was actually I, I with street fighter being on the sunday i was kind of battling with the flu and if i had started on friday i wouldn't have went like i was kind of like you know i was just over on the friday showed up uh i didn't go on the saturday i would have liked to went for some casuals but i was like, just make sure you're not unwell and then sunday came around i'm brand new street fighters on so it was all good 
and um, I was, you know, you're practicing online and you're like, oh, I wonder who I'll get. And I look and then I've got stripes. Uh, that guy, Sam, uh, I don't know if he's Sam Spires. I don't know if you know him, but a uh, real nice guy. And of course, I go online to warm up, just hoping to play, you know, I hope I get a G player because I knew he played G. And of course, my first warm up game, I get Sam. And I'm like, oh God. So then you're like, you play out the set because fair enough. But then you're like, oh, did I really want to, want him to see that much of my tech? And then I was like, oh, he uses V skill 2. Like most Gs use V skill 1. And V skill 2 is quite bad for Laura because he keeps the uh, the presidentiality level after the knockdown, which is. It's pretty rough because you can keep Laura out. Like, like Laura's anti fireball isn't great, especially not against G's fireball. So I was like, oh no, he's using V skill too. So I was able to uh, kind of. I, I won the first round. I kind of mauled him. I was like, if I stay on top of him, I should be all right. And I kind of mauled him the first round, and then the second one was a lot more kind of like it was a bit more spaced, and like we're both kind of down to the last bit of life. And then he's up his presidentiality level, and I'm like, how am I gonna get in here? I needed one more hit, and I did like an EX clap cancel overhead. I think the clap eat the fireball, and my uh, overhead just clipped him and crush countered him to win. And I was like, oh, thank you God, that was so hard. <laughs> and I was really worried, like then I was like, okay, he's probably got the measure of me now. He's gonna know what to do with his G. And he switched, he switched to Guile, and his Guile was just that little bit rusty. Yeah. And I like, I think I'm a little bit more comfortable in the Guile matchup than, uh, I mean, it used to be a case, I think it was like season two where Guile was really bad for Laura. It's not terrible now. Like, so I was like, yeah, this is a, an easier matchup. And his Guile was a little bit rustier. So I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I was able to get, I was able to beat his Guile, I think, in, in straight rounds. So that, was, that wasn't too bad. Like, it was just a way off because I was just, that V skill 2G was scaring the crap out of me. And I was just so happy when he switched to Guile. Like, um, yeah, then the next one, who did I get? I got Dio when I had to play on stream. And uh, I have to say, I was not prepped for the changes to Ken at all. Like, uh, Ken had been made just a little bit stronger. And Dio's always been amazing, like, class player. Mm. And uh, he just, he, he knew what to exploit and what not to like. You used to be able to throw out claps in the mid-range to kind of take back a little bit of the neutral, because, like, Laura's kind of got stubby buttons. But uh, the way Ken's uh, heavy dragon punch comes up, comes out now, it kind of comes out at an arc. And it just punishes it every time. So I'd be like, oh, crap. And I'd do it. And then I'd go back and I'd be trying to like force my way in with buttons. And then my brain would switch off for a minute. I'd do another clap and Dio would just punish me. And then like by, by that stage, by the times I did get in, you know, you get a hit into activation. You're so far down in life, you think, I need to do a cheeky reset combo. But like he, he was wise to everything. Like he caught all my cheeky things like uh, using the air grab as a cross up and all but he was just too onto it like so he beat me and he beat me well and like clearly I didn't do any of the prep for Ken I was not prepared so that was a bit of a rough one but like Dio's such a good guy he's always in great form yeah no, he's, and, uh, he's, on, he's one of those he's one of those guys where like I know he doesn't practice enough from what people have told me but he can yeah. still adapt under like that that pressure um, yeah, yeah. yeah he's always nah, he he's is, always a wild card he, yeah, and so I was talking to his uncle who's there with him, and like his uncle was like, Yeah, he goes, He just wants to play Ken. Ever since he was a kid, he wants to play Ken. He saw Ken in whatever Street Fighter was when he played first, and he plays Ken. That's the thing that he does. So I was like, All right, fair enough. Because like he stuck by Ken when a lot of other people were, were dropping Ken. Like I remember, you know, Panda, the Australian yeah, Ken, yeah. he used to be a Ken player. Like he's a he's a good man, man. I talked to him nearly every day. I played him on stage at BAM 2019, and we like got talking and. Me being Irish, him being, uh, I think, Bosnian. So 
we kind of like we're asking each, about each other's history and what what goes on in Bosnia, what goes on in Ireland. We struck up a, a friendship, but like yeah, he switched from Ken to Akuma and it went really well for him. But like even when all these other players were switching, like going to different shoulders away from Ken, Dio was putting in that hard work. Yeah. And then you could kind of see it when like Ken got any kind of buff, like suddenly Ken looks just like OP. And he's probably not, but Dio makes him look that way because yeah. he's just committed to the character. No, I, I, yeah, I remember seeing you there. You had your partner recording your matches. Um, yeah, and even, yeah. Even though, even though near the end, I know you might have been frustrated, but you still looked like you had fun. You know, you had a decent run. Um, I, I know for Tekken, yeah. I know for Tekken, it was a rough bracket. Uh, for Street Fighter, I, I couldn't really understand the seating of certain players because I'm not familiar with them. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was like, yeah, if I see you play with JB or if I see you play with someone that I know, I'm like, oh yeah, this is probably going to be a, this will be an interesting yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, um, I had to play a guy, Ginga, who I didn't really know. I think he was more a strive guy, but we had a chat and he played Yuri and he had a pretty competent Yuri, but I was able to kind of like do some little tricks and beat him. I uh, had to play uh, Opto Devo as well. And like, I know Street Fighter is probably not his main game, but man, he's a tough player. Like he, he's been around the FGC. So, like, I mean, how long has he been around the FGC oh, since God, before probably, I moved to New yeah, Zealand? Probably. probably a good 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah, like he was he was legit. Like um I went I won the first game, he won the second game, and then he won like it's the first to two and he wins the first um he wins the first round in the like the decider and I'm like, Oh man, I could be like I could be going out here and like no shame in it, like it, it happens. I mean he's he he not like he'd probably forgotten more about fighting games than I'll ever fucking know. But uh anyway I was just like just rally, just try and play well, win this round and then we'll go to another round and we maybe will win. And I was actually able to get a perfect in the round to bring it back to one round all. And it was just like, you know, when you just you put all this pressure on yourself. And then, like, when I got that perfect, I was like, yeah, okay. Now, and then the last round was tight. And I won it with the exact same thing that I did to uh, Stripes with the clap cancel overhead. And I caught the backdash. It's like a, one of those cheesy round enders. It's, you can kind of make it safe if you get the space right. If you get the space wrong, you're massively unsafe. But it's it's one of those ones where nobody's doing anything at the end of a round. It's, I think it's better to take a risk than just like try and do nothing and like end up losing anyway. Yeah. When you looked at your bracket, just quickly, when you looked at your bracket, um, did you kind of what what were your what were your assumptions or what were your goals if you had any that were set? Uh, I I mean, if I was realistic. It was like, can I beat Dio? I don't know. I, like, I've probably beaten him online. I don't think I've ever beaten him in a tournament. I remember one of the one of the locals um, in one of the Rambats, like one of the first ones I did kind of well. I ended up like, I beat Blackout like 2-0 in my first game. And I was like, oh, yay. And then JB pulled out. And then I beat someone else. And before I know it, I'm in like winner's finals against Dio. And I won the first round. I'm like, oh, my God. So I lost uh, winner's finals like 3-1 to Dio. And then I think Blackout did beat me in loser's finals. But uh, like one of those ones where I was like, okay, yeah, you can you can play against this guy. You can give him a game. And I was like, like, there's no shame in losing. So just go in and like have. You'll probably. I, I was thinking I could beat stripes. I was hoping I could beat stripes. That was kind of my main goal because I was like that V skill two G scares crap out of me. So I was like, if I can beat him and I can give Dio a good game, I'll be happy. Now I did beat stripes. Did I give Dio a good game? I'd have to say no. But like. I learned a lot, so I can kind of take it away. Like I, I was not prepped for the the rebalance of uh, of Ken, and that's something I have to hold. And I was like, yeah, maybe you don't always do as much. I usually like when I'm prepping for a tournament, I look at who I have first because all I'm really concerned about is I don't want to go at zero and two. Yeah. 
and um <laughs> so i was like i was i was i, I messaged uh, my mate chavez yeah uh, he goes by the pred online but he's kind of in and out of the game but like i think he got to like super diamond with yuri and before he realized there was an fgc in new zealand like he's from masterton like real good player and he picks up characters quick so i was like you're probably i was like he's probably the best g i know even though it's not his main i got him to run sets with me the night before and i was like just play your g and just do what you can and he's like yeah, yeah nice one like he's real helpful dude and um so he kind of helped me out so all i'd really done was prep for g um he was hoping to go well i didn't know who ginga and zed was but i was like oh i was like i'll probably end up having to play him to get out of pills if you know if you're going by law of averages are you going to beat Dio? if you do you'll be chuffed if you don't yeah it's like i think to get into like because I'd, I'd come fifth at um southern cross up down in um Christchurch, so I was kind of feeling myself maybe a little bit too much. I beat uh, I, I beat Isaac to get into top eight on winner side. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, I think that was a bit of an upset. And like after it, I was like, that was this was down in Christchurch, and I was like just shaking. I think Reno kind of ran up and shook my hand. Like I mean, Reno's obviously Isaac's mate. I mean, everybody likes each other, but I think it was a pretty big win for me. And I think he saw that, and I was like, oh, nice yeah. one. And then I was just like, oh my god, I'm in top eight winner side, and like I was like, I have to go for a walk. So I got some fresh air. And then, like, like yeah. a fucking idiot, so I go out and catch up. Yeah, Southern Stronghold Christchurch. Arashi had that same moment with me in Tekken 7. I made the one wrong call, and it was enough that Arashi took me out to go into top eight. And same thing, I th- it, it meant it meant a big deal to him. And so I just slapped a shot, and I just said, hey, you know, like, it's all good. Like, yeah. you, you, you did earn that, you know. Um, did you, yeah, yeah. Did you feel like, um, like, with that, I think... I don't think we make this mistake, but maybe some players do. They take the success of their previous tournament and try to use that to validate why they should get the same placing for the next tournament or the next major. Did you uh, did you did you feel any of that? How you did with Southern Stronghold and then going to Crush Counter? No, there was there was a more stacked bracket in um like in CCC. There was a lot more people at it. Like uh, Cam's Ace was there. I mean, like, uh, Larson, Tyson, like, players like that who weren't down, like, Wellington players who maybe don't travel as much as everyone else, but are, like, really good, we're going to be there, and, like, people I've struggled against, like, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and I was like, this is stacked, and I think my thing was, if you can make it out of pills, you'll be pretty happy, and I made it out of pills, and I won my first game in top 16, and I almost made top 8, so I was like, yeah, I'm happy with that, like, there's, I, I think I've played all right, um, I will say, like, I've been playing, um, JB, I come across him a little bit in ranked, and I was getting a few wins. I think like around that time, but like what I probably failed to realize is like JB's a smart guy, and he's in this, he's in the FGC a lot longer than me. He's probably analyzing all the stupid things I do, and like it just looked like the JB I was playing online in the run up to fucking um, to Crush Counter Capital was not the JB that showed up on the day, man. He was prepped, he was ready, he was focused. Like, I mean, who knows how anybody plays when they're at home. I mean, I'm probably having a beer. He's probably having a beer. Does it really matter if you lose a game in your sitting room while you're having a beer? I don't think it does. <laughs> yeah. Some people do. They rage quit and they go nuts. Yeah. But, like, most people are like... <laughs> no, I resonate with that point of view, bro. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really great to have you on because I haven't covered Street Fighter Five with the changes that it's had. Going back as far as when they announced V-Shift, I haven't been able to cover it. And now with you, finally, we can. Um, if you could maybe just go over briefly your thoughts and opinions on like the v, like the v like the v shift thing like now that we've gone quite a while with this um new mechanic how do you find it does it fare in 
certain matchups um, does it benefit certain characters and then we can obviously go over like oro akura and then the street fighters yeah, yeah. future um i'm stubborn and i like to block things out so i mean it's nice to have it as a defensive option i don't use it that much but uh when i saw first announced i was thinking like when i play laura kind of high pressure grappler hybrid like wants to be in your face wants to put you in the mix and i was just watching and i was like oh damn i was like this is gonna end laura <laughs> but like realistically it's just added one extra layer and if you predict the v-ship you get a punish you get a big punish you can jump you can do get a counter hit off light elbow i think i caught reno with an ex command grab like he i just waited a second he v-shifted in the corner it was this was down in southern cross stuff and i was able to catch him and i was like yeah it's so awesome and then he just whipped me beat the crap out of me but yeah like i don't mind it i think sometimes the slowdown kicks in when it shouldn't um you get a bit of slowdown with it and i mean if someone's pressed the button yeah slowdowns are good i mean maybe they should i mean if it's a heavier if it's a super special move yeah the punish should be there like sometimes you get the slowdown when you're jumping in on someone and i feel like should that really have been a slowdown should they not have been clipped by that um I, i'm not i've no problems with it but like it's just an extra layer to the game and uh it was funny because like i couldn't for ages i just couldn't get into the diamond ranks online and i was stuck around uh ultra platinum and um i was like v-shift came out let's take laura online and see how we go i hadn't really been playing much ranked and i think i got like a 17 fight win streak and all i did was bait v-shift because i was like today people are going to be v-shifting and i just baited the hell out of v-shifts and i ended up like winning like 17 and with that you know lp accumulator i was like up to like 17 18 000 lp i got like five thousand in one soon i was like Woo, it's awesome <laughs> so uh like i was like yeah v-shift isn't going to be the end of you it's just one extra thing it's like i mean you know ryu and ken have a wake up exdp at times shimmy them do something show a little respect block you can do the exact same thing with v-shift i mean characters like Dalsam, I think, is one of the most who's benefited. I mean, Dalsam having that defensive option, I think, like, when I look at Street Fighter now, like, previously I probably had Dalsam outside the top 20 of whatever the 40 char uh, characters. Now, I'm like, when I say top four, you'd say, like, Kami's the best, Rashid's the second best, and I'd say between Poison and Dalsam for a three and four, like, they're my top four. I think anything else is debatable. So I'd say Dalsam and Poison getting those escapes coupled with the long ranges it works really well i thought it might work as well for manat but manat doesn't seem to have benefited in the same way as poison and i mean i know she got hit with a few nerfs over the years and maybe dalson got hit with a few buffs over the years but you look at dalson now he can zone he has the v-shift he has the teleport he has huge damage so like he can rush down and you're like he doesn't have an invincible but i suppose the v-shift and the teleport are quite good and i honestly think that dalson is the third or fourth best character in the game and it's, i think he's the one who's benefited most from v-shift Interesting. Maybe lots of people won't won't agree, but like I was watching, like even some of the American tier list and Punk, they were like to Punk, who's the best character in the game? He's like Dalton. Like he probably knows the thing. And then I was watching Nemo, and he was like, yeah, yeah, Dalton's definitely top five. Dalton's awesome. Like, and Japan have been saying Dalton was strong for ages. When like other places, like my mate Yaz is like, no, no, like he now he's a, he's an awesome Dalton player. He's way better than me. But like he's like, no, no, Dalton's useless. And I'm like. I'm not going to argue with him because he knows more about the game than me, but like, I still think Sim is like locked in for top five. Yeah. Okay. And your thoughts on Oro and Akira? Like, how uh, Oro's been and was, how Akira's been? Uh, I was looking forward to Oro and I played Oro 
and like I, I think he's awesome. Like he's he's not a great character, but he's so much fun to play. Like you're like you're not gonna beat any, like too many people. You might get the odd win, but just everything about him is fun. I I don't know what you do to make him kind of turn him a viable. I don't know if he's a great character. I, I play Moose and uh, NZ Mary Boy, and they both have pretty good auras that I can lose to. All right. But uh, yeah, probably not for me. But I, I will play him. And if I'm playing like casuals with someone or in a lounge, I like to bust out an Oro every now and again. I just think he's so much fun. The combos are intricate. Maybe sometimes they don't do the damage for the amount of effort and the amount of execution. You're like, whoa, this is pretty harsh. Like to do like you know, the double chicken legs into a DP, and you're like, well, that did no damage. And it was pretty heavy execution wise. Uh, I like, but yeah, I'll keep messing away with Laura. Or sorry, not with Laura, with Oro. And then um, he was playing with some mates and um, oh, Melbourne based, and um, they were both messing with Akira. And like literally, I picked up Akira and within like trying like two or three things, my Akira is probably already better than my Oro. But the character just doesn't appeal to me. You know, I, I don't really have as much fun. So I actually think Akira is really strong though. Like I mean, you meet a good Akira online. Like she is, and it could be that we don't know the matchup as well as we should at the moment. But like. I mean, she has that rival skills launcher. She has the the v, the other V skill with the um, the bustle fireball kind of locks you down in the corner. She has that that low special that kind of looks like a sweep, and sometimes you think you should punish it when your brain is switched off. Yeah, that double one there. Yeah. Uh, if you get you to the corner, like things like this, yeah. And then the EXDP, and you're like, oh God, I've just hemorrhaged like four hundred and fifty damage, and like that was off a whiff punish. What the hell? So like, yeah, I think. Uh, I think uh, good players are gonna like do real damage with uh, with Akira. I mean, you see Punk playing her. I mean, I came across Reno's um, Akira and I won one game and I probably got like 160 LP and then he beat me two one and he probably got 35 LP per win. <laughs> I know Reno likes. Well, I know Reno hates actually the <laughs> the way the LP thing is balanced. So I'll take the LP. He can take the win. Yeah, exactly. but, yeah like this. <laughs> he's all yeah. He's always on uh, Twitter about that. Yeah, goddamn Reno. And what about and what about the matchup yeah. with Akira? If you play Laura, do you notice anything? Um, is there anything that you notice? Uh, you really get locked down. Like you're probably not going to get V trigger as much. You're going to have to V reversal. She can put pressure on. Like I think she's heavier pressure than Laura. Like she's it's hard to deal with. I'm almost like is she better than Karen? I I don't know, but like. Sometimes you get hit with her, and you know, it could be that like we're so familiar with Karen. Karen's an awesome character, but like yeah, everyone has a rough idea what they're doing against Karen. Could be that I don't know, and I mean I'm terrible. I never learn the frame data. Like I get, I learn everything by feel. Like I know Laura's frames, but I know no other character's frames. So everything is trial and error with me. Um, but yeah, you do just get snowballed to the corner sometimes, and then she activates Daigo, and she can either go for the damage or. The, feels like a glitch where if you get hit by the first Daigo she can like dash you four times and you can't do anything and then you're in the corner and then she gets to finish her combo nuts like I thought it was a glitch but maybe it's it's designed and it's part of the game I think the launcher combo is cool like I mean it does do a lot of damage and it does do a lot of corner carry but yeah I'm like I'm 100% behind that like that should definitely be in the game it kind of I remember playing like rival skills a dreamcast and we made John's in probably like the year 2001 back in in Dublin, he lives in Melbourne now and doesn't really play fighting games. I think he plays like Call of Duty now. But uh, yeah, like I think I, I was pretty uh, pleased when I saw Kira coming into the game. And yeah, she's an awesome character. She's cool to watch and she's pretty damn good. Like she seems like really solid. And you see like uh, like you see some Japanese players using her. You see Punk using her. Uh, 
but Mochi seems to be almost main in her. Like, I mean, if he's willing to drop Colleen for her, it tells you a lot because Colleen is a really good character. Mm. But yeah, I think uh, I think they've done really well with those two characters. Um, Rose is kind of coming into her own now. I think when Rose dropped, she was a little bit uh, t- was too much startup on a lot of her stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, these next two, um, Kira's probably the strong tournament viable one. Oro's the fun one. He has the Tengu stones. You get to do a 35 hit combo by pressing forward, medium punch, and then the CA at the end, what probably brings it up to like 40, 50 hits, which is, is pretty cool. But I mean, yeah, Oro's kind of like that Alex character, you know, when everybody loves the highlight reel, but you never really do very well with them. Yeah. <laughs> I love that about Alex players. They're like, um, like yeah you're like a one two one and they're like yeah but i parried your whole ca and then i power bombed you and i did a gif with a cat exploding across the screen and then that's what alex players live for yeah they do man and then this final character who i think we saw before oro akira and i made the claim oh, when i interviewed um milkshake duck pepper saint you know i said this uh, yeah, character I'd could be the segue yeah. to street fighter 6 and i'm actually surprised that that's what they're doing yeah it is i mean uh and Milkshake Duck's a real good guy, uh, James. I play him a lot. I know he's moving into his new place, so we haven't been playing as much anymore. But yeah, I think CCC a few years ago, I met him, and I think he was glad to just see just another old dude at the thing. So we've been running sets. Falk's a problem matchup for Laura, and playing with him has really helped. But uh, yeah, so Luke, I was actually just looking. It's just a mad-looking character. Uh, like the first thing I noticed when I was watching the reveal video, he has like the kind of low medium that looked a bit like Laura's, and then his, he had like the, almost the Laura overhead, but it looked a bit more like Abel's one from um, do you remember like from Street Fighter Four when Abel did the overhead thing? Yeah, that looked like very a crescent like Laura's kick. Over. It's like a crescent type yeah. kick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. Hopefully this is like Abel because I was like watching Street Fighter Four toward the end of it, and I was like, oh, I hope this Abel guy is in it because he looked real cool. Like eight one Strider was playing him. Kioma did really well at Capcom Cup with him, the Brazilian player, and I was like, oh, that looks like a character, because I was like, I used to play Shoto's in, like, CVS2, and then I sucked, and then I was like, just, I started looking for different characters, I liked playing Joe Higashi, but he's obviously not in Street Fighter, and then, like, T-Hawk and different things, so when I was watching, I was like, oh, I should probably learn this Abel character, he looks fun, and Abel wasn't there, Laura was the closest thing, Mrs. Victor picked her up, and that was awesome, so I saw like when i was looking at luke initially i was like oh sweet rush down grappler all me rush down grappler is going to be in street fighter 6 and then he starts doing like this he looked he had a move that looked like cody zonk he had like a dragon punch and i'm like oh no i can't be trusted with a dragon punch if you give me an invincible move like that i will spam it and i will get crush counter punished or counter hit punished or whatever the mechanic's going to be in street fighter 6 so i purposely play characters who do not have that kind of invincible move i don't like it so I'd like high damage, and I'd like uh, no invincible reversal because I cannot be trusted with it. And also, I feel it's kind of cheap because it's like if, like the EXDP just skips all the frame data. I do all my awesome setups and plus three and just EXDP get out of here. And I'm like, no, but it's I, cheap. I'd, I'd feel like that's one tool that a lot of us want, like Street Fighter players would want, is it is an invincible reversal, a meterless invincible reversal. But you're, you're yeah. being honest. You're saying like, nah, nah, it'll be the end of me. Yeah, I I just can't do it. I go nut any pressure. DP DP. Like if I play Laura, I'm under pressure. I'm gonna block, and I probably I might I probably delay tech more than I should. But like I will try and stick to the neutral. Like, but if I had a DP, I would match that DP every time, and it would take a lot for me to 
player and if i and i probably just like match the ex1 even if i don't have ex1 in the hope that i build some meter like i'd be an idiot with it so when i saw that dp i was like oh i don't think this is gonna be the character for me now you never know i might change because i mean i played rio at a point and now i play laura so they're very different but uh yeah i didn't like the look of the dp but then like his fireball his fireball was like fast as hell Super it looked like uh, ultra fast <laughs> like yeah his, his arm comes like... down and your fireball and the fireballs already hit you <laughs> It looked like a DJ's fireball from like Street Fighter Two and Four, but like, look at it. Yeah, it's 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 like a, it's a it's bullet. Like a man. cross between DJ's fireball and a laser. Like that is nuts. I saw that, and then did you see his um his uh it might be his V trigger, but his like arms pop up. He has loads of stars on his arms, yeah. and when he pops it, it pops up on like they look like an engine or you know the guy what's it Ida from My Hero Academia, and he has the like an engine on his legs. It kind of yeah. looks like he has like the dump valves or something on his arm but his arms pop up and then everything just seems to get buffed so i was like what the hell is he part robot or something because when you watch it close you'll see it like the steam comes out of his arms and they pop up like i saw somebody saying oh it like, looks like popeye when he eats his spinach or something <laughs> like it's, it's mad looking yeah but, uh, that was one thing I, I i re-watched that like today i was just looking at the loot thing and i didn't notice that at all and then i was like what the fuck has happened to his arms and like i kept just going back over this like one minute like or 10 seconds of even and you see him, I'm guessing it's the V-Trigger, but it pops up. Moves obviously get buffed, but his arms blow up like it's crazy looking. Yeah, it could be extra damage. It could be that, like, some of his moves, because I saw there was a move where he got a wall bounce. So, you know, I mean, yeah. you probably know more than me, but yeah, it could be, like, an extra property like that. Visually, he's not yeah. eye-catching to me. I know some people were making jokes that he looks no. like Steve from Tekken or, like, generic yeah, white blonde-haired guys from other fighting he games. Yeah, Steve Fox all over. Is he Ken, like, on Surfing Holiday? Is he Ed? I mean, Jesus Christ, how many blonde-haired, blue-eyed people can they put in one fighting game? Like, there's a hell of a lot. Like, I mean, you see the memes going around with Blonde Fighter 5. Like, so... <laughs> I don't play any blonde characters. No, I play, like, Laura, Honda. Who else can I play? Oro. Oro. Yeah. Um, play a little bit of Manat, a little bit of Fang, so... Any character that's just that little bit weird, I'll probably play. Just like characters to be that bit different. Like I don't like the. I used to love playing Shadows, but I'm old now, so I just want weird stuff. Yeah. So overall. Yeah, for... yeah, the design. Sorry, man, you go. Yeah, the design of Luke is just a little bit. I like saw somebody saying as well. Does he, does he look like an SNK character? Is he that like trying too hard to look cool and doesn't really look cool at all? Yeah. Like he. He looks I... like a surfer dude. But the hair, I'm like, and that looks might, like a skater. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't know. I'm getting all these mixed like images. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like the, the character moves look fun. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lab the hell out of this. Like, that all looks really cool, like what he can actually do. But looking at the, the design of the character, you're like, Jesus Christ, they could have done anything with this character. And the guy was another blonde guy. Yeah, man. So, like, overall, what <laughs> yeah, would your so opinion be on on like where street fighter 5 is could potentially sorry where street fighter is potentially going after seeing like like we've had this long street fighter 5 you know life span yeah i mean it's 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 almost five years really isn't it almost six years now it'll be six yeah, years in february six. quite a long time i mean i didn't know anything about street fighter really i thought i did but i didn't when street fighter 5 dropped and now like you know you're going to tournaments getting the odd win not bad got a medal like i have a medal for street fighter which is quite cool 
But uh, yeah, Street Fighter Six. I mean, if if Luke is an indication, I mean, what are we going to get? Like, he seems to have every tool. Like, I mean, if you give him a command grab, he has everything. And I mean, wall bounce. Uh, that fireball is a bit nuts. So, like, is it is the game going to be zoner heavy, or are people going to have mechanics to get by fireballs? Because, like, what are you going to do when he throws that fireball? Like, you. <laughs> doing anything i mean you could whip push whip punish with a fireball that'd be crazy just don't know what to expect like um but then again didn't they drop dicapri at the end of street fighter 4 and then she never really showed up like everyone thought she was kind of the way street fighter 5 was going and then she, like it really wasn't no yeah i think you're right yeah mm. yeah i'm not really sure what to make of luke i mean yeah he looks fun i'll lab him out when he comes out i mean whether i actually want to play him is another thing but Usually I just want to play Laura and Honda. Um, I'll, I'll mess around with a few other characters, but like, you kind of get a feeling almost immediately after. Like when Oro came out, I was like, yeah, this character's fun. And then when like Akira, when I'm using Akira, I'm like, this character's awesome, but she's not fun. Yeah. And I'm not enjoying this that much. So I'll really just, like, I won't pick somebody based on like them being awesome or anything. I'll just want, if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to play the character. Yeah. Will you be um, entering um, the online Southern Cross-Up this year? Uh, I don't think I can. Just uh, I've uh, some stag weekend stuff, uh, like just doing a mini stags for before my wedding. Yeah, oh. that's kind of my last weekend beforehand. I would have. I do kind of suck in online tournaments. I lose focus and everything. So I love the offline ones. And like I love playing online, but like I just like I'm playing in a tournament and just like I'm not arsed. So, I mean, I would have I would have entered had I been available. But like I always find I do better in real life tournaments yeah. than in. And I don't think it's anything to do with lag or anything like that. I just think it's my focus. Like, I'm sitting at home, and then I'm like, you know, you're finishing around, and you're like, could I get to the fridge and grab a beer <laughs> before this round starts? Yeah, for me... I don't watch the intro. Yeah. I was like... Bro, for me, <laughs> I love reading the psychology between the person next to you as you play. Like, I actually yeah. get something from that. When it's yeah. online, when you I watch mean, the like, screen, there's just nothing there. Yeah, I mean, I could be playing anybody online. I could be playing the computer for all that really matters. Like, it doesn't mean anything to me. Um... I play. I used to run. I mean, for Street Fighter Australia, I used to run online tournaments, and I think I did that because I was like, I don't want to play these. The group, the group's grown and grown, and people want a tournament. Maybe they want a below gold level tournament where they can win. And I'm like, I don't really enjoy playing them, but I do enjoy watching them. If I were to run one, I could set up a tournament for myself to watch. So like, you, know, you just organize, you do the brackets, make the things. So I used to run online tournaments, but I could never really get invested in playing them. Yeah. Like I remember what I tried to run and play, and I got a good win. I like a probably connection based, but I got a win over Freezer. I think it was back when he was playing Alex. And then the next game I was playing, and I was like, oh, I don't care about this. And I just like I don't know who it was, but I was like basically just pressing punch and kick every now and again. But I was really on the laptop doing up the brackets, like because I was like, I can't play this whole tournament and run this whole tournament. So I was just like, I'll make it look like I'm putting in a show, but I'm not. I'm gonna lose here. <laughs> I don't care. All right, man. I'm going to take you to your final round segments. Just four questions to close it out. Ooh, sweet. So the first one is, if you could make a craft beer for royalty, what would it be? Ooh. I suppose purple is royalty, so what could you do? I mean, it'd have to be fruit-based. I mean, I know blueberries aren't exactly purple, but I'm colorblind, and to me they are. So I'd go with something blueberry, um, imperial, because empire royalty so i'll go with a either an imperial blueberry ale or stout or else i mean there's always that in me to put a sour in there but definitely imperial definitely blueberry 
and it's the sour reporter would be down to how I'm feeling on the day. Hey, that's nice, man. Okay, what would you have as your wedding song? Uh, very apt at the moment. So one of the one of the we're, we're actually in discussion. So um, walk down the aisle probably. Enya, only time because it's Irish and mystic and all that. And then first dance, probably uh, Gorillas up on Melancholy Hill, just because it's been our song for the last 10 years. Our other song is probably Dead Mouse the Velt, which is pretty cool, but I don't know if that plays well. A bit of a dance song based on a, a sci fi short from Ray Bradbury in the 1950s, which everyone should read The Velt or The World of the Children Made whatever it's called but like dead mouse did a song based on it so it kind of makes sense if you read the book so that's we read quite a bit so either the veldt or up on melancholy hill all right all right what change would you make to laura's throw game throw game uh speed up um light uh command grab because it does cover range not kind of zangief light spd range but it's also four frames slower so it's nine frames that little bit of extra range i mean they've already put like the damage is low it's 160 so it's about the strength of zeku's back throw and like a lot of characters have 160 throw why does my 160 like thing take nine frames to start up so i think that should be uh that should be five frames and then maybe give some hit invincibility to ex command grab because it does go through fireballs i'd kind of like it to go through everything so probably never gonna happen (laughs) people don't like laura but i'm if i could have them i would all right, and finally, Dara, who is your waifu? Waifu, cool. In could be any, could be could be real life. It could be in any media. Okay, uh, can I go too? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, let's go from the anime anime world. So uh, I'll go with Hinata from uh, Naruto, and. I'll go with Kauru from Neon Genesis, Genesis Evangelion yeah. because, yeah, I think he should have, like, I was disgusted when they took all the gay stuff out of uh, the Netflix version of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I always thought, like, it was like, um, what's it, like the other two characters, what are their names again? Uh, Ray is a clone of his mom, and Asuka is just a complete weapon. So he would have been happier with Kauru. So Kauru and Hinata. Oh, this is good picks, man. Speaking of which, mm. you know, Evangelia, that's such a classic um, anime, man. That's like, I think that's one yeah. of like, the best ever. Yeah, I mean, I went to, uh, when I was in Fukuoka, they have this, like, they, at one of the malls in Fukuoka, it has like a Neon Genesis Evangelion store. But there's a special episode, I think it's the Hakata Mall in Fukuoka, but outside it's all glass and they do they have an episode of neon genesis evangelion you can only watch in that mall outside and there's a water show and you see them fighting robots and the water explodes and they shine lights so i literally ran by the irish rugby team to make the start of that show in time i ran from the moomin cafe i don't know if anybody knows moomin the finnish thing with the hippo looking thing so i was in a moomin cafe and i ran down to watch this neon genesis evangelion because mold and i've been watching anime a long time i've actually looked like i've got like all the funko pops from evangelion over there got a couple of Kauru t-shirts yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan hey dara thank you so much man for your time um all the best for your for your wedding hopefully when i see you again you'll be snatched off the market but is there any last yeah, words yeah. you'd like to say to you know friends family or, or just what you're gonna what you'll be up to 
I'd uh, just like to give a shout out to my nephew Henry because he's always into gaming. I think he's more of a what's the game? Uh, Minecraft. And then everyone, mate Jamie, who showed me how what frame data actually was. Uh, and then all the guys I played CVS2 with back in uni John, James, Kev, Keefe. We stayed up all night playing CVS2 like it was Street Fighter 2. We used to play 1v1. So. It was pretty cool and then all the street fighter australia guys because they've really helped me out like i mean based all over and yeah they've they've kind of pointed me in the right direction back from when i was just mashing the five frame medium kick because it was a season two laura and i didn't know any better <laughs> but now nah, thanks very much Drax. it's been awesome that's nah, been good man thank you